the day after. I'm going to run through just draft observations because we had four hours of those on draft night. Jeff Weltman, president of basketball ops for the Orlando Magic. When did they know they were taking Paolo? When did they tell him? Are they worried about not having him work out? And a really good life advice to close from the boys. It's the Ryan Russillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props player assist combos and more so download the app today and bet with FanDuel official partner of the NBA the ringer is committed to responsible gaming so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 and older 18 plus in DC and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Good morning. I hope everybody enjoyed the NBA draft. It's only the single greatest day of the year. I did maybe four hours on it last night with Bill and KOC, who's terrific. We had a little Chris Ryan. We had a nice, I wouldn't call it a sprinkle of Saruti. I call it a, just a good helping of Saruti. We're going to hear from uh, Steve Saruti a little bit later on, Magic fan. I just want to run through a few things. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that I want to do the full uh, the grades deal because I feel like we just did it on the fly throughout the entire time. And I'll admit, too, like it's always the annual reminder that I like to give people after the draft that as much as I love it, and I would admit I also um, I feel like as I get a little bit older, I'm not in a hurry to just go, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> you know, but I'm also... Not afraid to just go, I don't really like a pick or this is what the player is because we're still projecting people here. And it's it's just very, very hard. I, I For whatever reason, I always feel like the draft people are the most disliked of the media members because I think so many fans are like, that guy sucks. He got this guy wrong. And I could do that actually if I you know, wasn't in sales. I think that's kind of what happens. But I did. I didn't watch a lot of the ESPN coverage because we were on throughout so much of the draft. But when I do catch it, it's almost so positive that that can be a bit of a turnoff too is just a viewer. But I also get what they're doing. They're on TV. They're on ESPN. I don't think Billis wants to start going, oh yeah, did three of this guy's games, can't play. I would love coverage to be like that. So am I saying, hey, I want it to be nastier? Um, no. And I'm admitting, I feel like I'm at, you know, a bit of a fraud myself because I'm sitting there with so many picks. I really like last night's draft. And yet at the back of my head, I'm like, don't, like, aren't you the guy that reminds everybody every single year how many of these draft picks actually don't work out? And that when a team picks up a pick, like, hey, we got a we got a pick at 23 in 2024 and 2026, we have a top 20 protected. We have two firsts. It's like, all right, if you get a rotation player out of one of those two picks, that's really great. I mean, all we have to do is what, six years ago, eight of the top 10 picks. So the 16 draft, the Simmons draft, eight of the top 10 picks are on different teams. All right. You're thinking, all right, that's six years ago. That's not fair or slow. All right. Two years ago, the 2020 draft, do we have four already probably not happening for them? 
I don't think that's unfair. Like, I'll go back and look at it right now. I did have it up earlier. If you looked at Anthony Edwards, looks like that's working out. I'm not even including Wiseman in this because we just don't know yet. Uh, LaMelo's been terrific. Patrick Williams, TBD, but there's there's no... The fact that Okoro went fifth in a draft. Think about Okoro compared to who you would get fifth or maybe even tenth in this draft. And he's not bad. It's just... He's a lot. He's a lot like a lot of players. You're like, oh, if this happens, and if he does this, and if this happens here, and you're like, all right, but that means that every time somebody's getting picked last night, you're kind of talking to yourself into it. Like Abaji's a perfect example. I can completely see the path to where he plays for a long time and he does these awesome things as a non-primary player who's never asked to do more than defend and knock down an open shot. But if he does those well, you can be super valuable in this game. But I just like Bronham from Ohio State more. I just do. Um, staying with uh, the top 10 2020, I actually like Congo for Atlanta a lot. Killian Hayes, Pistons, Obi Toppin, Knicks, young guys with Tibbs, not ever really that great. Um, I think Danny's got a chance with Washington, and then Suns didn't even pick up Jalen Smith's third-year option. So uh, just a little reminder that two years away, we're already halfway through the top 10 there going, like, what are we doing? Now, I saw Stan Van Gundy tweet last night about how dumb the media is once again. Um, Stan has a bit in his, in his bag where it's, he kind of points out shit. The rest of us have been talking about for a really long time. And then it'll be like, oh, these draft grades are so stupid. These media members are going to go ahead and do this. And you're like, yeah, we actually, all of us actually know how dumb it is. I remember doing the show with Van Pelt. We get done with a draft weekend, right? NFL. And he'd be like, drafting and doing the grades is so dumb. And I'd be like, yep, I agree. Because it just leads to a bunch of us being wrong about everything. Because none of us know for sure. And the GMs kind of don't either. Do you want to do it to open the show or do you want to do it in the second segment? Because, hey, let's hold off on talking about it. Like, what? this is the job. There's a draft and go, "Eh, well, we shouldn't say anything about any of these guys because we could be wrong because it's really hard. Here's one. Um, When Van Gundy and the Pistons traded for $129 remaining on Blake Griffin's deal, and then Stan lasted just that season, and Blake only played 25 games, and the Pistons were stuck with the bill after that trade, I'm going to give that one an F. I think we have enough time to go ahead and grade that one. Okay, observations. Here's a Paolo stat for you. He's one of two freshmen ever in in Division I college basketball with 600 points, 300 boards, 100 assists. Only one other guy's ever done it as a freshman at D1 level in the last 30 years. That player is Ben Simmons. Do I have your attention? Orlando had the second worst offense in the NBA last year. If they looked at it and said, yeah, Paolo's just way more polished than the other guys are, maybe Chet. And that's the whole point. If Chet ends up being the best, not going to be surprised. If Jabari ends up being the best, not going to be surprised. If Ivy were... Yeah, maybe a little surprise, not a ridiculous thing to say out loud. If it's somebody else, if it were Dyson Daniels, that would seem to be a surprise. But there's just a lot of guys that I like at the top of this. But if you're watching Paolo play basketball and you're Orlando and your offense is only better than Oklahoma City, who didn't want to win any games, uh, that's a problem. Other teams I liked, I really like San Antonio with Sohan and, um, and Malachi, as I mentioned. Blake Wesley, I wasn't a huge fan, but when we're talking at the very end of the first round and his athleticism and how he could get his own stuff off the dribble, go ahead, take a swing at it. I didn't like necessarily all the basketball stuff, but when Notre Dame needed buckets sometimes, they actually just would clear out for him. 
um, which is saying something for a player that young. The Wizards' Johnny Davis. I'm indifferent to it. I think he has a chance because of the way he plays. He's a football player out there. He has the football background, looking him, crashing for rebounds. But when I saw him described as a point guard to play along with Bradley Beal of Washington, I like to pick less just based on the description, having nothing to do with the player. Fair? No, not really. Just sharing with you. Uh, Memphis getting some criticism for moving up uh, 22 and 29 for 19 and getting Jake LaRavia from Wake. 6'8 kid. Uh, I've made some mistakes in looking at LaRavia because I was like, man, this guy really likes those long 1990s post-ups. He's never going to do this. And what I shouldn't do is focus on those things because, yeah, I don't know that they're going to let him do that unless there's some weird switch. But I don't know that any NBA team, certainly not one as good as Memphis, is going to be like, what do you guys want to do? Jaw, something, kick out Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain. No, let's run more post-ups for our rookie LaRavia who started at Indiana State. So why would I focus on that part when there's other parts of his game that are really good. And by the way, a lot of teams really liked him, man, really liked him. So Memphis saw him. You know, you got to remember, too, whatever we think the mocks are, the deviation from the teams is so different. Like when I'll ask a team after the fact, like, hey, where'd you have him? And you'll be like, oh, I can't believe that. But I'm only judging it based on the consensus discussions and the mocks that we see. So there's teams that will have somebody, you know, if they have the 20th pick and this guy's still hanging around 16, 17, 18, and they go, he's the 10th guy on our board. We can't believe he's still there. That happens way more often than we realize. It's just we don't get to hear about everybody's board. So the Roddy part of it, I do not focus on anyone that's criticizing David Roddy for his combine work. I was there. I watched it. It wasn't very good. I spent a lot of time because I was like, I want to see what this guy's all about. Uh, the combine is very difficult for a lot of really good players. It's just difficult because you have to be really selfish, but pretend you're not being selfish. And if you're not remotely selfish, then it looks like you stink. And he also missed a ton of shots, but I wouldn't worry about that. The Knicks conversation last night. So they trade Usman Jang for three firsts that are all protected. But because it took forever to figure out what was going on and that in the Kemba salary dump, that was the Jalen Duran trade that ended up getting Kemba to Detroit to take on the salary in their cap space. And then they get Duran, but then there was a Charlotte element to it where they were giving them picks, uh, which was a first and four second rounders. It, it, it took so long for everyone to figure out on social media what the Knicks actually got that then it became, well, I don't know what's going on. Seems a little rather incomplete, but let's crush the Knicks. So the Knicks from just a little PR moment for about 30 minutes took some major L's left and right until we find and figured out what the deal is. I don't know if I'm doing a zag here, but like this is this is TBD. It isn't fun when your team has a pick in the lottery and then you don't take somebody, right? That's not fun. Like whoever says, hey, do you want to do something fun tonight? No, but I'd really like to do something fun in three weeks. Okay, cool. Three weeks from now is going to be awesome. Nobody does that. Nobody talks that way unless you're old and you just don't like going out that much. Um, So really what the Knicks ended up doing is they grabbed a few picks, they cleared some cap space, and they didn't do the fun thing. But I'm telling you right now, Knicks fans, Usman Jang, you may regret it, and you also may laugh and go, remember Rosillo when he really liked that tall Australian kid that kind of just wasn't that good? Also a possibility. Do you want that guy with Tibbs? Here's your answer. No, you don't. Uh, Little Rosillo, the book uh, Table for One. I think I'm the one of the very few people that isn't huge on Tari Eason, LSU, who went to Houston. It could very well be that I feel burned by really lanky, super athletic LSU basketball players. That could be a me problem. 
Um, and I'm not going to get upset about anybody like, oh, I can't believe they took this guy at 31 because, you know, ultimately kind of who cares. My favorite picks are probably Matherin to the Pacers and Dyson Daniels to New Orleans beyond all the obvious stuff that I really like. And Gabrielle Prochida, uh, who was on the move to Detroit. Um, and we'll see how that goes. All right. Here's where I want to finish with this. So, Rudy, last night there was some angst from you. I don't know if I'd call it anger. You're not really an angry dude. Um, well, a good yin to my yang. <laughs> uh, where are you now after just consuming everything you possibly can uh, on Palette of Magic? Yeah, so I think during Bill's pod last night, I was, it was like sheer terror kind of at first because I just, I hadn't considered the fact that Paolo would even be in a magic uniform. And when that happened, you you basically tipped me off, what, like 10 minutes before the draft and then it happened and it was just kind of like this whirlwind of like, I don't know. It was really very, know. it was weird because I go, it's Paolo, Chet, one, two. I go, it's, it's, it's going to be Paolo, it's going to be Chet. It sounds like I found out about Paolo before Paolo based on the interview it, that we I, do with Jeff Weltman. Yeah. Um, which again, here's, here, but here's the thing, do I want to, not that I'm out? cool. It's just how weird this got. So that's why I think you were disappointed. So anyway, go ahead. Everything about it though is weird. I mean, the, I don't want to, I don't think it's a big deal long-term, but the no workout thing, like I, I just, let's not pretend that that's normal. I just don't think that that's normal and it's, it's fine. Like, I don't think it's going to be a long-term problem if Paulo's there. Like obviously other teams probably checked it off the list. And I was saying this to you last night, you know, if, if I said, you know, if Chet wanted to go to OKC and didn't want to share some stuff with the magic. Um, and I said I would still take Chet even if they didn't have the full medical on him. I, I have to apply the same logic to Paolo. So I'm okay with that there. I think at the end of the day, though, Ryan, like, this just comes down to the Magic need a dude. I talked about it last night. I actually think this roster is not that bad. Um, they have a lot of B-level players. I think Franz is kind of like, you know, was the hope before this that he could be like maybe, you know, their, their number one guy. But I don't know that he's ever going to be like this transcendent number one player on a really good team in the league. And I kind of just think the Magic looked at it and said, Who's the guy in this in this draft? And it's Paulo because you know we were talking about Jabari, you know, as a as a Rashard Lewis light type. Um, but there are a lot of concerns about whether or not he could be the one, whether or not he could play make for others, whether he make other people around him better. Um, Chet, I understand the wild. I would have went with Chet, but Chet, I understand like the wild card that is his entire game, whether it's his body or who he even projects to be. Like I understand that, and I think the Magic and Weltman, and he'll talk about it a little bit later, like their best chance at getting a guy who's going to be an all NBA guy and the potential best guy on a really good team is taking Paolo Bancara. And that's what they did. And at the end of the day, I can live with that. I will live with the fact that they did all the evaluations. They, you know, didn't work everybody out, but at least saw the stuff at the combine, talked to Paolo. And he thinks they think that he's their best hope at being a franchise savior. And who am I to say that like, that's wrong. Like I, I you know, I, I, I would have probably still leaned Chet just because I think he's insane and the talent is there. But if they want to take Paolo, then I'm comfortable with that at this point. So I've, I've come full circle. Like, I'm okay with the pick. I had a, a good hour-long conversation the last night with Kevin Clark, and he's a little bit more, um, I think, pessimistic than I am about it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, maybe we'll table that. We'll bring him in for a going abroad check-in. Um, Verstappen, by the way. Another win. Montreal. Just no big deal. Piling them up. Uh, I don't know if Daniel Ricardo's new nickname is Mr. 12th Place, but Yikes. Frustrating. Good interview. Frustrating. Though. Well, that's what we Everybody hear. loves him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Wow. Okay. Because um, I, I think that's kind of it. I did, wanted to ask Kyle something real quick because it kind of dawned on me this morning when I was prepping for the show. Kyle, 
Do you even like the NBA? <laughs> yeah, it's fine, dude. Uh, I don't know about that. It's he was- great. I like football and also have a life. So if you're going to have a life and you're going to like a sport, just pick one. I get all the analysis I need from you guys anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> no, Kyle, he's secretly like pumped that this is over, although we still have free agency. So sorry about that, Kyle. But I think there's there's a part of you that's like, man, I just can't wait to get till the summer to get to vacation. And by the time I get back, it's football season. It's been a long year, guys. Football's been gone for a long time. So. Yeah, it just was kind of funny when I was thinking like Kyle's has to listen to four hours of this stuff and then edit it. So you're actually listening way more than just the time that we spent taping it. And then it's right into me in the morning. And I just was going, I don't know that he's ever shared an NBA opinion with us. (laughs) And he's assigned to the Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo podcast, which I don't know. Is that hell for you or you just does it glaze over and you're fine? No, I mean, I got a college basketball tattoo on my arm like, I, you know. You learn, you learn how to adapt, very adaptable, best abilities, availability. I'm always around. Uh, and I think you guys are smart. So like I, I know after I leave feeling like I know a lot more than the guys at the bar who I talk to about it. So I end up, I leave here coming out an expert in the eyes of other people. And you kind of just, the jig is up now. Wait, so you, I guess uh, if you guys are listening. Do you have a team? <laughs> I don't even have ever had this conversation yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, it was the Knicks. It was the Knicks. And I, like since like 2012, I was like, well, I can just take a giant hop step back from this and I, I don't have to yeah, care. That's fair. So, yeah, it was like the Knicks. But, you know, I remember being proud, I think, 2012, 2013. Um, yeah, I remember because I was it was during the time when I was not in college um, for that one year. And I just was like, wow, Knicks are great. I was like holding on to newspapers with like headlines of, of them doing well and Carmelo on the front. So the rare Knicks, I don't know. Pats it's fine. Well, it's like Pats and everything else in New York. But I like I said, I don't care about anything. Mets, too. I don't care. You're a mess. I got jerseys, nice. but whatever. Yeah, I, am I a fan? Would I go to the games? Yes. I just, you know, life's important, guys. I can't can't be yeah, sports around the clock. Although sometimes it is when you have this job. I just can't imagine somebody running in that likes the pods, likes Bill's pod or likes my pod and were to run into Kyle and be like, hey, I want to talk NBA. Like, can you <laughs> can you believe? Can you believe Ty Ty went that late? Like, what did you think? And Kyle be like, dude, I'm off. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I get I get uh, DMs from like up and coming podcasts or like Kyle's like, we just want to, we'd love to. We'd love to have you come on. We, you know, we're we're NBA focused, humor, gambling, all that stuff. We just love for you to come on and give your takes. I'm like, all right. So you, you don't listen, or what is it? What 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 happened here? But I just never. Answer you don't this. answer him. So have you ever been tempted no. to just go on? A little bit, but then it's like, I don't know. What's the win win here? There's no. There's no. It's probably a lose lose. So I don't know. And I'd have to get approved. I, I think you have to. We're Spotify, so I have to get like approved and be like, hey, can I go on this? podcast you've never heard of uh to talk about nba takes and i feel like everyone involved would be like wait what are you doing why so the jig is up all right well does, does the uh, does paulo get the seal of approval then from you kyle of the number one pick i don't know what are we thinking yeah dude just it's fine seems like your kind of guy sounds great sounds like he's a good hang from well, everything i've if, heard if, from you guys and everyone if else. kyle's in then i'm in so we're good that's all you need we're gonna talk to jeff weltman the man that made the pick for the magic coming up next This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. As you know, by today, the Orlando Magic were the number one overall pick. Take Paolo Boncaro from Duke. And there was some mystery along the way. And joining us now, he is the president of basketball operations for the Orlando Magic. It's Jeff Weltman. Uh, good morning. I imagine you didn't get a ton of sleep. Um, how are you feeling today? Feeling great. Uh, don't need that much sleep these days. We'll catch up later. But uh, it's funny because everyone you talk to nowadays is sleep deprived. You just kind of know that. The other end of the phone, the guy's dealing with the same thing you are. But um, feeling great about last night, feeling great about our, our team, and uh, you know, looking forward to the day when our guys are uh, arriving shortly. There's a bunch that I want to cover, but I think the timeline of events is really interesting. You win the lottery on May 17th. Was there any lean whatsoever among the top players? Did you have any idea after you'd won the lottery? No, um, I, I don't think that's the, the best way to operate. I mean, obviously, like we work really hard at trying to you know, install the best process and, and, and incorporate as many perspectives as we can. And within those perspectives, those guys work hard to improve every year. So if we were to not um, apply all that to the pick, then I think, um, you know, we wouldn't be doing our jobs well. So over the course of those weeks, is there, can you share with us like kind of the, the process of of the decision-making, all the different evaluation, all the perspectives that you're talking about and how that conversation evolved to Paolo going number one last night? Well, I mean, you know, the devil's in the details. So, you know, from, from, from analytics to medical to um, performance to um, psychological, obviously um, scouting and, and um, just meeting with different groups, um, larger groups, smaller groups, watching video together, um, just trying to understand who each guy is as a player and as a person and trying to peel away the layers and, you know, hoping that, that, you know, the true person emerges after all of your, you know, uh, background gathering and everything. So it's just a series of, you know, of, of meetings, of, 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 of data gathering, of data filtering, um, and how that all kind of converges. And, you know, I, I, I could speak for months on, you know, blow by blow, but, you know, that's the that's the the process that we try to go through. And um, each one of those perspectives, like I said, you know, they spend time all year on improving their process. So when we get to this time, um, you know, they're better than they were last year. And we talk about how we each each of those roles tells us, here's how I think we're better this year. And um, so, you know, we're trying to build something that gets better every year, that our process gets better. And we spend a lot of time on that. It's important to us. And it's important that we give ourselves the space and the, the listening ability to one another that every voice is heard. Along the way, I mean, it, it did seem a little weird. And I, I'd read the article this morning that there was communication with Paolo, but not having him brought in. Um, was there ever any level of concern about that part of the process, uh, not checking a box there? No, and, and you know, Ryan, I don't want to dig too deep here. Um, obviously, you know, there's so much stuff that goes into the draft. You know, there's so much stuff and there's going to be another draft next year. And so um, uh, I really don't like to kind of uh, scratch too much below the surface on that stuff. But I'll just say that, you know, um, 
Paolo's crew was um, forthcoming. Um, we had good dialogue with them. Um, he uh, uh, gave us every um, information, jumped through every hoop that we asked him to. So we had a, a, a good um, wealth of information and, and all of the kind of protocols that we asked the other guys to do, he did. And so that was really never a concern for us. When did you actually tell him? Um, I think, uh, uh, probably within a minute of the pick. <laughs> <laughs> did you call him? Um, one of our guys, one of our guys did. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about Paolo, the basketball player. Yeah. Why, why is he, you know, look, you took him once. So that means you like him better than everybody else. What is it? What is it about his game? You know, I've listened to you guys and you guys, uh, you guys know your stuff. You know, you 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 guys uh, do really in depth analysis on the players' games and 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 the teams that are selecting. So I'm probably not going to say a whole lot that you haven't discussed on your podcast. And uh, you know, I mean, when you look at the intersection of size, skill, IQ, shot creation, ability to create for himself and for others. Um, you don't see these guys very often. And when you do, they're pretty good players in the NBA. So um, I don't think it's too hard, you know, uh, to see, you know, why you wouldn't be um, a fan of Paolo. And um, what I will add to that is every layer that we kind of uncovered as we went through the process, you know, intel gathering and, and, and on all our testing and measuring, he just kept getting better and better and better, even beyond what we all see with our naked eye on the court. So, um, you know, we just uh, started out with a lot of confidence in him and it only grew as we went through the process. Jeff, you have a poker face, but I, I'm noticing just a, a hint of like there's a joy on your face in talking about his game. You know, like there's there's like, you should be excited. He's the number one pick and all that stuff. I agree with you. You know, I thought he was the best player. I totally get that that's not necessarily the job as you're projecting other players, which I know you're not going to spend a ton of time and saying, here's why we didn't take those other guys. So I'm not going to go there. But what I loved and I don't know if you saw it this way, that Paolo probably could have been more selfish because of his talent. But it was a Duke team that was loaded with talent. It was a Duke team that had a lot of ball handlers. So even though he doesn't fit in that traditional guard thing, and I don't, I don't project that you know Mose would be like, all right, we're running high pick and roll with Paolo all the time. That that it's not something that gets in the way of your other players that need the basketball. That he already showed in one season at Duke that he's, I don't know if an accommodating teammate is the right term, but I love players that have those abilities but are still aware that they've got four other guys out there. And for his talent to still have that mental approach to it is something I just don't see very often. Oh, and he's 6'10". <laughs> exactly. Did I just ask you that question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I look, I just... Um, I, I, I wanted you to sort of, you know, like kind of... No, 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 100%, Ryan. I mean, uh, we see it the same way. And, and you know, I can tell you that in all of our metrics, like he's in 90th percentile shot creation for himself and also 90th percentile shot creation for others. And you just don't see that. I mean, you just don't see that. And uh, I think what you're saying, um, if I can put it in, in, in our terms, is he just makes it easier for the other four guys to play because all of his skills and, and talents and everything that he brings to bear, all the stuff that we've talked about is for others. 
You know, you're right. I mean, like if you could say like, what's his lead trait? Maybe you, you might say passing, you know, and the ability at 6'10", 250 to put it on the floor, to get to spots, to see, to see plays. Um, and we think he's going to end up being a really good shooter. And we think he's going to get to a whole nother level of conditioning. And there's just so much growth in front of him. But if you start with the fact that his game, like by definition, lends itself to lifting the, the, the tide for others, I mean, it's such an exciting place to start. And it's what the NBA is about, right? We talk about like multi-position defenders. We talk about guys that are switch, switch nightmares. I mean, you can put him at either end of the pick and roll and that guy gets off screens quickly. He's a crazy short roll passer or playmaker. And by the way, you can put him in a pick and roll and, and, and you know, deal with that defensively, you know? So there's really no limit to his, you know, versatility, you know? And, and, and I'm just thinking that, you know, we're, uh, Coach Mose and I talked about him a lot before. And, and I just think the coaches are going to enjoy um, having a guy like him to be able to just do so many different things. And, you know, hey, in the age, you know, our, our take foul is going to be eliminated this year. There, there's like five more grab and go opportunities per game right there. You know, I mean, it's just that his game lends itself to where this league is going, you know. Um, so uh, I guess I'm kind of reiterating, reiterating what you're saying. But the fact that he is a passer, is a connector, is a, is a guy whose skill level allows him to get to the paint, to kick out, to make plays for himself, to, to, get, to, 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 to get to the rim. Um, those are all things that you know are so highly coveted in this league, and if you have the IQ and the kind of pass-first mentality, um, you know you, you lift everybody with you. So look, he's got a lot, a lot that he needs to work on. He knows that. Um, I think he's going to be an exceptionally hard worker, and exceptionally committed to the team and to his own improvement for the team. And, um, but, but, but these things that you are bringing up that I'm kind of reiterating are really good places to start. You mentioned the shooting. Um, I think for Paolo, cause you're being compared to Jabari and, and Chet as shooters, then clearly he was going to be third in that group. I never hear though, front offices or staff say, we think he'll probably get worse at shooting, <laughs> right? Cause it, it doesn't really happen. <laughs> right. But, and I'm not saying he's a bad shooter. Uh, I think there's different shots where I go, oh, wait, you know, when he when he's quick into like a pull up and he's not even thinking about anything. I'm like, if the shot actually looks tighter, it's a little better on those than some of the, you know, hey, kick out. And do I want to take a three? I guess I'll take a three shots. And that happens with a lot of players. But what is it about a, a player when you look at their shooting? What do you guys see the professionals here where you go? Oh, OK, this is something else to build on beyond just say free throw percentage. I mean, the the first basic is just shot mechanics and his mechanics are sound, you know, um, um, he gets the ball to the rim softly. He's already a good mid-range shooter. And importantly, he's a good mid-range shooter off the dribble. Um, so when you have that foundation, um, you know, look, man, we track everything to the types of misses, you know, I mean, you know, our guys do a deep dive and, and, and we feel that he, uh, he projects to be a very good shooter. And, and when you start with a good mid-range game at age 19, um, you know, uh, we're, we're confident that he's going to be more than just a good shooter, but a very good shooter. And he will have, he will have three-point range. And um, you're right. I mean, guys get better in this league. You know, they get better if they work because, you know, for the first time, he's going to have all basketball in front of him. He's going to have you know, an army of coaches and performance staff. And, and we were about to move into a brand new practice facility, which we think will be 
best in the league. And um, we're going to give him, you know, every, everything that he needs to, to become great. And um, we're excited because we think he's a real worker and he's excited to get into that. So, you know, there are a lot of positive indicators in his shooting and, um, you know, time will tell, but we're confident about it. Let's talk about the team then in the bigger picture part of it, because you do have a collection of guards, uh, you know, we all know how this works, how many are around years from now. But, you know, Cole, I think, surprised some people. Um, Fultz closed this, this season, I think, really strong. Um, you've got the investment in Suggs. You know, it's it's one year. You know, he could probably do some, you know, I don't look at him as a traditional, which is kind of nice, where you think like, man, if Suggs long-term playing off of some of these other things, how do you see that group um, now with an asset like Paolo? Well, I mean, the first thing is, um, you know, you think about the front line with like Wendell, 6'10", 260, who was one of the best rim and paint protectors in the NBA at age 24. Think about Franz at 6'10", what's he going to be, 240, you know? And now Paolo, 6'10", 250 at age 19, you know? So you think about that front line with size, IQ, all of them have really good feet. They're, they're, they're really aware. Um, and then you think about, you know, those guys that you just mentioned. And, uh, you know, one thing I'll say about Jalen, he had about a half a season of a rookie season. He was in and out with injuries, but he already has become a top 90th percentile defender. And that's very, very uncommon for rookies. So it's, it's uncommon for rookies to be plus defenders, let alone numbers like that. So, you know, and Markel, uh, as you said, you know, played the last, you know, dozen or so games and, 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 Played well. You know, our team played significantly better when he got back. So um, I think it all bodes well. You know, we're talking about age 24, 20, 20, 19, 24, you know, Cole, 21. So, you know, all those guys you mentioned, we have other young guys that we're excited about as well. Um, so, you know, that's what we're doing now. And, and, and I think that the positional versatility at both ends of the floor, um, the IQ, the size, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's the way we kind of see our team growing. And, um, that's, that's why we think Paolo is one of those guys. I was asked that question before, you know, how does Paolo fit in? And Paolo's one of those guys that he, he can fit in anywhere with anyone. And that's, we want, we want a bunch of those guys. And I think we're developing that profile. You could do all the work. You could like the guy, you could feel good about the Franz pick, but what was it like to get him in and go, Oh, wow. Like we, we nailed this one. I'm sorry, you're talking about Franz? Yeah, yeah. Like, just the difference between the evaluation, feeling comfortable with the pick. I just, I always feel like whenever we're, you know, doing hypothetical trades and stuff, I'm like, yeah, but the actually, like, getting to see somebody be this good is totally different than, hey, this is the number four pick. Because there's still, as we know, the history with this stuff, there's still a bunch of the guys that we heard the name last night, three years from now, we're going to be like, what happened to that guy? And knowing that Franz is actually like a real block and I thought was just terrific as a rookie and had some incredible stretches. Um, I, I mean, look, I'm sure you like it. That's a simple answer. But the difference between expectations and the reality of who he became as a player. Um, I don't think we can say became yet because he's way in the becoming stages. You know, he's 20. So um, he's, he's, he's downstairs right now. Um, so, uh, you know, Franz is a, is a really talented guy. And as talented he is, he's, he's that much of a, of a high character person, worker, winner, and um, exceptionally competitive. You know, 
and exceptionally smart on and off the court. So, yeah, I mean, we saw we 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 saw that on the court when we scouted them. Um, all of our kind of layers of process last year through the draft again kind of excited us more and more as we kind of uncovered all these layers and started to dig deeper. And then when we brought him in for his visit, um, you know that I will say this about that visit was um, I remember. Um, you know, uh, taking him to dinner and, um, you know, had, had sat down with him, but when he got up to go and I was walking, um, with John, our GM and, uh, just looking at him walking, I'm like, man, this guy's, he's all of six ten, you know? <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, I guess like, you know, you see that and, you know, when you get to be in the same room with someone and I guess, you know, that, that it's always, you know, you can always uncover something, but, um, you know, we, all the indicators, um, and especially, um, you know, his competitiveness and, 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 and the way, again, like Paolo, the way that his game makes other players better. You know, if you can get a team full of those guys, probably in pretty good shape. Where are you with Jonathan Isaac? So Jonathan had a, a surgery on his right leg. Um, uh, I can't recall the date off the top of my head, but, you know, fairly recently. And um, he um, he's working um, to kind of get back to where he was prior to that injury. So, you know, he's going to take the rest of the summer to keep ramping up. And, um, you know, we'll we'll kind of obviously track that closely. And, uh, you know, that, that's where he is. You know, he hasn't played in a long time, but he's working really hard. He's doing um, some half court ISO stuff right now. And, uh, you know, like I always say, there's, there's no one who's going to work harder at it and, 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 and stay as focused as Jonathan. Uh, I guess I, two more things here to just to, you know, we'll check all the boxes here for magic fans. <laughs> Please. Uh, what do you think will, will go into impacting the Mo Bamba decision for the group? Um, well, you know, obviously now that the draft is over, we turn our, uh, we direct our attention to free agency and, you know, we'll probably be in here this weekend starting on that. Uh, we've, we've obviously already, discussed it somewhat. Um, but, uh, a lot goes into it. I mean, Mo got better this year and, and he started to become the shooter that we had always, you know, thought he would become. Um, I think his, his, um, consistency has, um, started to, you know, mature. I think that, you know, he's starting to fill out and, you know, he's made good strides and he's a great person. Mo Bamba is a great person. So, um, you know, we'll discuss those things internally and, and see how the roster fits. You know, I always say the thing about free agency is when you ask about a player, you know, free agency is not like a siloed thing. You know, free agency is, is, is you know, um, all of the kind of uh, various, you know, elements of a team coming together from roster spots to age composition to position to, you know, like uh, personality in the locker room. So it's all of these things. And so... Um, you know, it's not a simple discussion, but obviously we know Mo, we like Mo, we liked him enough to draft him high. And we, 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 um, we, we, you know, have, you know, seen him grow and develop over the years. So, you know, we'll have that discussion now. And obviously the other part, of course, of free agency is what's going on around you. You know, what, what, what are your other, you know, what are you looking at? Because we're going to be potentially a significant cap room team. So we have to figure all that stuff and kind of, you know, we'll, we'll take next week to do that. Yeah. That's kind of where I wanted to land on this. Cause you, in some projections you could have the most cap space. Um, again, there's, there's factors in there. And I do think the, 
the media part of this, I, I don't know if, if, if teams do. I think the media gets really obsessed with like everybody being along the same timeline. Like if you have a 22 year old and you're in two year two or three of the rebuild and you got a 20 year old, like you can't possibly have a 28 year old, right? Like everybody wants everybody to be within like two or three years of each other. Um, knowing that the cap space, unfortunately, you know, just sharing this with listeners, I know you know this, like the oddity of it sort of just disappears just because of the escalators and then signing your own rookies, and all that kind of stuff. How do you look at where you're at feeling like, all right, we're another step closer here. We, we got maybe a chance to have some real pieces, but we also have this cap space. Like, how do you discuss and weigh the using the asset, but also not wanting to disrupt something with the wrong veteran or a guy that maybe can can mess up the perceived chemistry you think you will have with this group? Yeah, I mean, Ryan, that is a great question because that kind of gets to the like multi-layered aspect of, of having cap space and dealing with free agency. And, and by the way, it's not just this year, it's next year. Because if you sign a contract, you know, we, we could be exceptionally well positioned next year also. So you know, when you say there's nothing wrong, you know, why would you not have a 28-year-old? Um, it's not really about you know, the, the, the concept of that, because, you know, you need a mix to move your team forward and hopefully it's the right person in the locker room and it's the right guy that understands what the team is trying to do right now. And, you know, we had good, you know, veteran help with that last year. Um, so those things are important, you know, regardless of your timeline, but, um, but, you know, contractually, you want to try to, you know, measure yourself out where, you know, you kind of, you know, it's, it's hard to get flexibility. It, it takes discipline. And obviously, you know what we did to our team, you know, a year and a half ago. And um, it's no fun going through what we went through last year, you know. So so we're excited to be sitting here talking about Paolo. But also with that comes like the responsibility of not letting, you know, cap space burn a hole in your pocket, of putting our young guys in the best position to grow and succeed. And um, I don't think there's like a, a, a preconceived formula for that. We have to see... We don't know what it is that's going to come along, but you know the one thing I will say is when you say, um, "Hey, why not have a 28-year-old?" Yeah, but not at the expense of of keeping our 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 flexibility, keeping our timeline intact. And what we want to do is we want to play better basketball, make fewer mistakes, develop a high IQ, develop a team that understands what it takes to win. Um, but not at the expense of going right back to where we were, which, you know, as, as a lot of, you know, fans and media noted, we're kind of, you know, if you want to call it stuck in the middle, we, 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 we want, when we, when we kind of get back to the middle, we want to go past that. We want to keep our growth and our, you know, um, ceiling high. So that doesn't mean that you don't have veterans on your team. And that doesn't mean that you don't want to get better this year. We do on both counts, you know, but we have to bake that into, the overall projection of, of, of allowing ourselves to, um, you know, continue to build on what we're doing here. You know, we're going to have two first round picks next year. We have two first round picks in 2025. You know, depending on what we do this year, we could conceivably have, you know, as much cap room as any or as anyone in the league again next year. And, you know, but we want to move our team forward. We want to get better. We want to develop our young players and we want to do both. So, um, you know, that's, that's what we'll be discussing. And then, you know, what opportunities present themselves, you know, remains to be seen. Sometimes you, you're surprised a little bit, you know, but I wouldn't expect us to really deviate um, from, from our plan, you know, which was to come in and assemble a roster of high character, high talent, versatile um, players 
who will grow up together and, you know, make this a, a sustainable winning team. And um, along the way, you know, stuff is going to happen when you, when you have cap space, when you have extra picks, you know, you'll get some interesting uh, ideas coming across your doorstep, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll take that stuff as it comes and we'll talk about free agency this week. Um, but I'm very pleased with where we are now. And, um, you know, our, our, our players are really excited. Our staff is really excited. And, you know, from last night, our fans are really excited. And that's, that's to me, the most important thing right now is that we have the spirit of a team that's growing and that's going to get better and better and better. And it's, it's, it's our responsibility to keep that intact and protect that. A lot of excited Magic fans once they processed it all. Uh, so hopefully this will help as well. Jeff, thanks so much for the time. Looking forward to the summer, all right? Ryan, thanks so much, man. I greatly appreciate it. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So... Now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Life advice. The email is lifeadvicerr at gmail.com. Okay, guy checking in 31, 61, 185. Haven't hit the gym in forever, so nothing to report, unfortunately. It's fine, man. Huge fan of the show. Um, not to drag on, but hearing others, and specifically people in sports media, occasionally say, I don't know, is so refreshing in today's day and age. All right, appreciate it. I wouldn't trust anyone that never says, I don't know, although that's not really the TV job. Producers yeah. aren't people don't really like like that it's kind of like the van gundy thing that i said in the beginning like oh no shit don't grade them because people are going to be wrong like no kidding all right what's what do you think what do you think tv shows are doing today hey it's too early <laughs> let's not do that all right um i like this one this one's different all right prefer to not use my name and company okay so here's the deal our guy works for a top top golf manufacturer uh clubs balls the whole deal and that was not a top flight hint by the way the way i was saying that out loud so basically he says literally everyone he meets asks for goddamn discounts and free golf equipment and related items for reference, I've been working for them for eight years and I get asked at least three to four times a week for balls, hats, gloves, an entire set of clubs, all caps. I can't believe it's taken me this long to figure out a solution either. So some backstory. Uh, I'm a people pleaser and I always want to help where I can for the right person. However, the keywords are right person. I have no problem using this privilege, the discount to hook up my close friends, family for the occasional nice gesture. Uh, AK in exchange for free golf, beers for a month, or even if it's a genuinely nice person, but it's the people that I barely know me or legitimately uh, just met me that ask for a deal that sends me over the edge. I have no problem telling someone uh, that they push their boundaries and typically not always in the nice way. But at the same time, I'm getting older, 31. I know you'll love that. And sometimes even a mild confrontation or possible awkwardness with someone like a friend of like a friend of my dad's just isn't worth it. I've tried to maneuver around this by underselling my job at the company or to others when I'm constantly in my work attire. <laughs> it makes it tough to play that off for too long. Uh, I've considered even just blatantly lying about what I do when I meet new people, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I'll, know, I'll just end up getting caught 
in that line. It'll just make the situation even more awkward than it probably needs to be in the first place. I've even tried the I have an allotment excuse, but that just leads to the vultures waiting around for the allotment to reset. To make it worse, the unintended side effect of all of this is that my friends who are aware of what I go through tend to be more passive about asking for this benefit when I'd be more than happy to help them out. I'm proud of my job, and honestly, it's a career company that most people find exciting and eager to talk to me about, which I think is pretty cool. But I also know the conversation ends with a, so can you get me X, which makes it painfully obvious they're just waiting to ask the question. I know I've rambled, but how the hell do I toe the line between being a dick and just shutting the question down and being a pushover? A uh, people pleaser. Balancing being a dick with being a people pleaser, essentially, here, just because I'm sick of the damn conversation in cave. So he caves. Maybe that's the scattering report I need. Yeah. Like, yeah, he caves. He'll cave. Just keep the word. Up. The word gets around. Visors and irons. He'll fucking cave eventually. Look, people love free shit. And when it's golf, it's a whole nother level. I mean, reading that email out loud, I remember a time, I think I was in junior high, and one of my best friends, his dad had, uh, a, a discount thing at a sneaker place and like new sneakers are coming out. And I think I asked the dad and then my dad didn't jump in. He should have known better. I was a kid and then I didn't like the shoes and the poor dad had to return them. Um, sorry, Mr. Tilden. It was the worst. I cringe thinking about that story 30 plus years later. Well, shit, way more than that. I mean, so it was awful. But people lose their minds about this stuff because um, people really like the free stuff. I mean, like the simple thing would just be you have to be stern. You have to be stern. And like, they don't care about your feelings when they're asking for free shit. So can you get to that point where you don't care about that their feelings? Like when it is just from the jump, stern. Okay. You know, like when you mentioned, as I was reading that, I started thinking about the allotment. Say, hey, here's how it works. I have four approved people every year, and it's always very close friends and family members who are on a rotation, and I have to give them the code, and then when their order goes through, they double-check it with who I've pre-approved. So I can't really do it. Now, I know they're going to say, oh, well, I need to be... Just think about the guy that's like, well, can you pre-approve me in three years so I can save 20% on some clubs? (laughs) Get me on the list. Like, (laughs) like, Why do you care about that person's feelings that would actually be that selfish and single-minded that like, hey, it's 2025. Have you given away your four allotments? Now, people ask me for shit a lot. uh, Usually when I used to interact with people more, um, people ask me for tickets. I don't have them because I didn't like, I don't like asking favors necessarily. I like doing favors for people that I care about. I like doing favors for people that I'm building. Maybe if it's a relationship, it doesn't, I don't want to make it feel like I'm only doing this because of something that I want back. But that's kind of the way life works at times. Do favors for people, you know, build these relationships. Maybe it's a business opportunity, something like that a little bit later. But the tickets thing for me was pretty quick. Like people, if anybody was like, Hey, is there any way you can get to, I'd be like, how do you, I remember one guy asked for tickets to the Stanley Cup final, not the comedian who came on and immediately hit me up after the fact we had him on and then was like, hey, Stanley Cup too tonight? I was like, yeah, we don't have hockey rights, man. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, thanks for the seven minute phoner. But, you know, uh, there was another buddy that was just like, hey, hockey tickets. I'm like, all right, look, this is how it works. I have to call someone at ESPN who has the connect. We don't have hockey rights. I have to then figure out this is before I think even apps and all the tickets and stuff like I'm not near you. We're not in the same city. You want to go to a Bruins playoff game. There's like five calls that I have to make for this to even happen. And I haven't seen you in three fucking years. Guess who doesn't ask for tickets anymore? That guy. So when you have this, you can just see the people's eyes light up a little bit. You know what? Full call out here. 
I was playing probably one of the most recent rounds of golf I'd played in a long, and again, it was a while ago. And the guy I was playing with was like, hey, hit these PXG irons. And I was like, well, what's the deal? He's like, trust me, just hit them. And it was amazing. Did I follow the company on Twitter? Yeah. And then I got a DM <laughs> from somebody saying, hey, everybody's pumped. You follow us. A bunch of the guys here are huge fans. And I was like, that's amazing. Played with your clubs. They were great. And she's like, that was, that's awesome. That's been the extent of the, wait, I might be guilty of doing it right now. The no, point is, is that the point is, is that all of us probably have a little bit of that in us when you're like, Ooh, what's going on here? But this but the point is, is really, you didn't ask. the point is you didn't ask, you didn't say, Hey guys, can I get a, I stopped. Yeah. I yeah, stopped. You didn't, you didn't, there's a line and you had the self-awareness to realize that it wasn't going to happen and not be a dick about it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, Canel was not afraid of getting no. eight mattresses. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it'd be nice if we all, but this isn't about everybody else. Okay. This is about our guy emailing in right now. And I, you know, you could come up with some super elaborate allotment thing where there's an approval deal. You know, I do think that some places have this where there's like a friends and family, but you actually have to like full on check out as like an immediate family member. So that rules everybody else out. But when it comes to the tickets, like I got a few requests on Celtics finals tickets and I would just go, hey, you want to know what happens if I get a couple Celtics tickets to the NBA finals? It's <laughs> me or it's my dad. And that's it. That's it. There's no there's no one outside of that window that's getting them. And that's exactly what happened. So it's up to you, man. You're going to be you've been doing it a long time. You're almost a decade at this company. Uh, again, why would you care about? I guess I don't know. Maybe he's just nicer than I am. But there's just something, Saruti, it looks like you wanted to go. So no, go I mean, you're right about the ESPN thing. I mean, back then it would be like, you know, they, they they just assume that like tickets to games are given out like Halloween candy. Like you just stick your hand in a basket and you pull one out and you just give them out to people. And it's like, it's it's just not like that. You know, if I have a ticket, I'm probably going. So I'd be like, hey, I'm going to the next game tonight. Like, can you get me a hookup? I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to get you in a suite? I don't know anybody. By the way, like, the radio off-air radio guy, where you are on the hierarchy <laughs> of getting good tickets. I mean, you're better out, you'd be better off fucking being outside yeah uh, well the disney tickets thing too was another issue at espn remember we because you would get like passes to disney and everybody kind of knew that but you only got a certain amount and everybody would constantly bug you with like hey how many tickets you got left tickets you got left i'm like i was i was i would always be like i have zero guys i gave them out i gave them out to you know friends and family every year i have none and to, my advice to this guy why do you even have to make up an excuse just say no like i don't have i, I say i hey, sorry i don't have a discount can't do it for you that's my bad man it's as simple as that. But that's how we are. That's how fuck people are. It's like, hello, random person who I just met. You're the son of, you know, this guy I just randomly met. Oh, looks like you're you're not as uh, not as like loose with the discounts to perfect strangers. What an asshole this guy is. And that's what this guy. This is where his frustration is coming in, is that people aren't actually going through the self-check process of thinking, hey, I just met this guy. Maybe I don't ask him for 20 percent off. And people, by the way, love people that can afford it. Love the idea of, oh, I got a guy because it just sounds good. It makes you feel better. So that's what this that's what this dude is dealing with. It's just up to you to be like, you know, I wouldn't lie about where you work. Just, you know, you're going to have to take you're going to have to take on the challenge of this one of just being more stern. Yeah, I agree. I haven't been in many positions where I've had like a lot of stuff that people wanted. I mean, people. My friends nowadays, like, kind of jokingly ask, like, well, what's up with the free Spotify account? I was like, yeah, there's one and it's mine. So, no, it's, <laughs> I can't just, there's not just like a list. It's like, hey, who who do you want that we should give our 
our product away for free for. So like that doesn't happen. But I mean, even today it happens with cigarettes. Like it's so it's it could be uncomfortable, but I'm just like, no, I'm not like, no. Why would you ask me that? Just like a simple no. Somebody's like, hey. And they always like have this way of putting on like puppy dog eyes. Like, do you think I could have a cigarette? Like I just like they're like they lost their wallet or something. And it's just like, no. How about no? How about no? When I used to work at Models, it was like there was a, a time of year where a 30 percent off would roll around. But, you know, you kind of had to keep track of that coupon and it had to be accounted for on the desk. But I could probably always do 20 percent. Um, and it got to the point where I was just like, no, it's just if it, it's freeing, it's liberating. I kind of like it. I don't think it makes me an asshole because the, for the one of the first things you said was like, hey, you're kind of an asshole to just like be putting someone in a position where most people would be uncomfortable. Lucky for me, I'm not. So, no. And I think it's nice to say no nicely, too. I like saying no nicely. Short, sweet. Maybe even my voice goes up an octave. I'm just like, no. no. You know what else is a good one? It's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's a little like, mean. Wait. That's a little more meaner. <laughs> oh, you're good? You'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, wait, you're, I wasn't asking how you were doing. Like, no, I'm good, man. No, nah, I like that. Yeah. It's because it's, it's not even like it's it's I'm good with your request like that. No, I'm good with that. Yeah, we're good. Ah, don't like I that love <laughs> I love the no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the play. That's definitely yeah. well. Also, though, to get back because this guy because the other person's always so confused. They're like, what? What? So to, I don't know. This guy, though, does want to help his actual friends out. I don't think it's weird. Just tell just tell your I mean, if they're not asking you, maybe they're not, you know, into golf or whatever. But I think we like, hey, I don't know, think they some... want the hookup. Because I know no you want to some... do good things. You want to feel good about yourself. I understand that. But like you want to do it for people that matter, not randos. All right. Just say no. Be comfortable. I tell I tell crazy guys holding like sticks that are asking me for cigarettes. I tell them no. You could say no to a guy who's just like you just barely know. I would just love to no. have access to Danny Cannell's like Instagram DMs <laughs> just specifically to brands, just specifically to brands. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to. Yeah, I'm not talking anything weird. I'm just saying specifically for brands that I would I would guess there are dozens in there of him just being like, hey, what's up? Big fan. And then then just see what happens. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I forget what the the mattress number was at, but it was uh, I was like, how many how many pets do you have? anyway okay this is a quicker one let's do it am i catfishing girls on tinder the obvious stats to start 23 62 not in shape 220 pounds four-year college soccer player but the last few years of not being an athlete uh and eating and drinking has me in uh, a spot where he's put on some serious poundage being a single guy i use tinder uh, regularly and recently met a girl that I completely hit it off with. The problem came after sleeping together for the second time when she casually mentioned, how long ago were your Tinder pictures taken? <laughs> this is not something I had thought about before, but looking at many of my photos, I realized I was probably 30 to 40 pounds lighter in the pictures as I was still playing soccer at the time. After this admittedly awkward conversation, the relationship abruptly ended when she stopped responding to text. I've given up on this potential relationship, but now I'm left wondering if I need to completely renovate my Tinder profile or if I can still leave some Apex photos in my profile. Well, there's a lot to, lot to, this is a, what a, first of all, before we answer this, what a wild thing to say to a dude after you slept with him. Twice. Yeah. My thought would be, was it a realization, you know, was maybe like the first one, like kind of a drunk hookup. And the second one was like, wait a second. I think everybody thought that. Th- I think yeah, everybody. This, you're not selling that. me the bill of goods. I thought we were getting here. And then she kind of realized that she made it. She fucked up and then just ghosted him. It happens. 
Was she so, was she such a low? Like, I don't want to bum out the emailer here, but were you her new low <laughs> that she was like, yeah, okay, I got to change my life. Yeah. I got to. And she was just that comfortable saying like, hey, so now that we slept together twice and I'm going to ghost you here soon, like, what's up with your picks? So, uh, I will again, say, I don't know. I don't know how that would go over if you said it to a, a woman. It'd probably go way worse. Uh, but that's a wild thing to say, even if, because I remember one time there was a boy band guy, I'm not going to name which one, and we'd heard the story about how he'd like spent just a weekend raging with this girl we all knew. And then I think Monday he was checking into rehab and we were like, <laughs> whoa, like she was whatever it was that weekend that he spent with the person that we knew. He was like, I got to change my life. He's like, that's it. And it, I think. <laughs> The person was sort of bragging about it a little bit. Yeah. And then it was like, nope, nope. So um, I think there's also a couple positives that I want to get to here too. It's for the guys that are out there not getting as many nibbles. You could meet somebody like this who's like, whatever, just trying to get it in. And, you know, I I, I just... Worry about okay. the, if everything yeah, lines up later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll worry about how I feel about myself after... <laughs> You know, so girls and boys out there, you never know who could just be in a real slump and their standards are lowered and, and we all have a better chance. Um, so anyway, go ahead, Saruti. You want to jump in? Yeah, I, just, I actually think it's totally OK for her after sleeping with you twice to ask this question. I, I like if you, <laughs> you don't it, think um, that's crazy. She slept with you twice, dude. Like, well, why is she sleeping with you? Why is she going? Oh, my God, this guy's 40 pounds bigger. All right, maybe it's back to the standards thing. She's like, whatever, I've been on a massive slump. And then she was like, I'm going to get through this for a couple of weeks. Oh my God, he's still bigger than I thought he was. Well, I'm so kind of pissed off about it. I'm going to ghost him. What's the etiquette then? Is Was she supposed to say it on the first date or first hookup? Like she can't say it, you know, at I don't any know point? Just ghost him. You don't I don't to... know that that applies. I don't think that there's etiquette. It's just a wild thing to say. Yeah. Yes. It's harsh, but you know. It's true. The truth imagine, like, imagine if you met somebody, you were single, all of us are single, say, and then you, you meet somebody on a, a dating app, you sleep together, and then you roll over and you're like, you know, you're way older in person. <laughs> but if it's true, but all right, the, but the guy, <laughs> all right, the, the, here's Come another, on, you're hold, out of your hold, mind, hold on, hold on, no, no, the, the email is literally asked, the question was, is he catfishing girls on Tinder? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. So why did why did that why does that person not have the right to call you out on it if you are actually catfishing people? Like I'm not mad about it, but the the answer to your question is yes, yes. The answer to the question is yes. I'm talking about how how practical that is. That it just you know I always think I'm the most pragmatic person ever, and I think Saruti sometimes tops me <laughs> with this. Well, if she he, he is catfishing, it's totally reasonable to ask. And I'm I'm applying like the realistic standards of, of how that would actually be handled. And I just, I just don't think a lot of people would do that. That's fine. Anyway, here's the point. Start working out, dude. <laughs> You're yeah. 23. You were an athlete. You've got a great frame. Apparently. Um, I can promise you if you keep in this, I remember I had a skinny fat stage and it was when I should have been at my peak. You know, it's great having later peaks. But I should have been at my peak in this spot. And you just admitted, like, if you had the discipline to go through and be the athlete and all those things. So um, maybe it's a wake-up call for you. Or maybe it sounds like you don't give a shit about any of those things, which is also totally cool. And you don't want to work out. You're happy. 
Um, but do you need to update the pictures? I would ask you very simply. If you saw a picture of a woman and she were 50 pounds heavier, if that's not what you're into, would you be like, oh, this is cool? Of course you would. What if she was 50 pounds lighter? Because it's you're into the T-H-I double C. You know, maybe that is your C. Not judging. All equal. And she's not like that. Nobody would ever, nobody ever goes, holy shit, you look way different and always worse. This is awesome. <laughs> So, I, w- I want to see what the pictures are too. Like, as you said, like just work out or just like mix in a couple B minus pictures in there and you could probably cover your tracks. But I'll also <laughs> say like, if, if, if it's like a shirtless abs picture and you clearly don't have that, then, then, then like you're doing, then you, I'm, I'm sorry, guy, but you, you kind of deserve this. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't know what the picture is. Yeah, I don't are. think it's illegal what you're doing. I don't think it's illegal what you're doing, but I do think it might be immoral if we're talking a full 40. Yeah. And, and, and a couple of years ago, I think I think that's wrong. You should definitely update your pictures or this is going to keep happening to you. Also, people just don't care about dudes feelings as much as <laughs> they much. Don't. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying dudes feelings. I'm not saying dudes <clears throat> feelings have no consideration, but the harsh reality is people don't care about your feelings as much. So you're going to be you're going to be set up for this sort of thing or you're just going to have a date. Maybe you're spending the money and then they're going to take one look at you and that'll be the end of it. So you could just, you could spend, you could spend money on hopeful dates that work out with this weird two, two time meetup thing that end in you feeling so weird that you should (laughs) write it to your, to this podcast, or you could just change your, change your stuff, find the best pictures of you. Now I'm sure you still got good angles, pal. 226 too. It doesn't sound like you're, you know, doesn't sound like your pictures would be There's gotta be a couple good angles in there. Yeah. yeah, 6'2", 220, like that's Great my fighting call. weight. That's what I'm hoping for. So <laughs> I'm sure you've got some good, I'm sure you've got some good angles at 6'2", 220. Um, and just make it so this won't happen. At least l- l- like make sure everybody knows what's going on here. And uh, for any of the three girls that listen to this podcast, maybe just FaceTime, even guys, maybe just do one FaceTime uh, before you show up. Yeah, I got FaceTimed by somebody because I convinced they thought that I said I was a pro athlete, which I didn't say. I wouldn't have to say that. I'm on TV. This happens all the time. Yeah. And then she FaceTimed me with a couple. And I think that guy was a pro athlete. And I was like, hey. And I knew exactly what was going on. I was like, she FaceTimed me with the couple so the guy could be like, that guy doesn't fucking play pro sports. Although I don't know who put him in charge of every roster who's an athlete in the United States. <laughs> but I was not. I never said I was. There was a massive confusion. And I was like, I wouldn't need to do this. But again, uh, I can tell you the text, the tone changed dramatically once it was realized that I was not a pro athlete, which again is sort of Wait. a compliment because I'm in my mid forties. The idea that yeah. you couldn't be a baseball player though, like if you seen Bartolo Colon, like I don't, what, it, it was a face. No, no, it was probably was, what the the confusion was that someone thought I said that I was a baseball player. Okay, and you because you I was with all baseball players, and I thought it was like. No, but they looked. Work. They looked at you from the chest up and said, "This is this guy's not a baseball player." I just feel like that's insane. I think the guy who was the boyfriend of the girl, like it was a, I got the FaceTime of the girl, and then it was the couple, and he, he and I are just looking at each other in the FaceTime because I knew a hundred percent what was going on. But he thought this fucking guy's lying about yeah. playing baseball, and 100%. I'm like, I'm not lying, but I know what this is, and because I never said it an assumption was made because I was with all of these other guys that did play. And I think I had said to the person like, Oh, I'm here working out with these guys yeah. and not a lie. Could it be argued? It was misleading. Yeah, sure. 
is is Ryan catfishing? Who knows? Right. Was I, was <laughs> I working out with those guys? Facts. <laughs> Couple things in, that in, came in your up. Bio, in your Tinder bio, works out with professional athletes. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a high note. I don't know what, if I want to add to anything else. But Saruri's been on fire here today. I want to stay with Kai. You did say something, Kai. I've been a guy a long time. Uh, longer than you guys, but people don't care about dudes' feelings. I would say there's been some massive dude blowback just in general for the last three years, and I think there will be some thought pieces written on this 10 years from now just being like, were we too hard on dudes um, during that phase? <laughs> just something to think about, a little thought piece. Hinky likes that phrase. But Saruti's gold of mixing a couple B-minus pictures of yourself, yeah. what is that concept? Where do you... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying... If he has all these pictures from three, four years ago when he's in tip top shape, you could at least cover your tracks by having a couple good ones from right now, which compared to your peak athletic self might not be great. But, you know, it's probably a B minus. But you now it's good. So I would say mix in a couple of somewhat current ones so that you're covering your tracks. And you can if somebody ever calls you on this again, you can say, hey, look, no, no, this was me from like two months ago. I'd say before you do that, put all new ones. And if that, if you can't come up six two two twenty, if you can't come up with some good ones, maybe try to get a new haircut and then mix in the old <laughs> ones again, and then mix in the old ones. It's a, and it's amazing what a haircut will do for you. So yeah. honestly, well. you you could ask this. I'm starting to come back around on the email here. What if you're just simply presenting? This is what I'm capable of. Not <laughs> currently. True. This isn't what I am now, but this is what I could be. Some girls do love like a reclamation project. That's true. I just love that the guy was like, so what do you, what do you think here? And, and I don't know. That was a tough email for him from the beginning. So yeah. hopefully he, so hopefully, you know, he feels better about it. I think it. he knew I don't the know. answer when he asked the question. Yeah. But. Hey, it's Friday, man. All right. Uh, great work out of, out of you guys today. Um, thanks to Colin, Steve, as always. Joe Manganello is going to join us for uh, just a regular spot and also life advice. So you can get your relationship questions in uh, for Joe. So just go to lifeadvicerr at Gmail and um, maybe put Joe in the topic. And I don't know, we'll ask him about super obtainable relationships or just what it's like to be kind of a Jack superhero type guy. That'll be next week. I hope everybody enjoyed it. As a reminder, parts one, two, three, and four of the Bill Simmons podcast. If you want more in-depth trap stuff, as Kyle just rolls his eyes <laughs> in the background, uh, long day for him. And we got free agency. Just think, there's going to be three things that happen in this league, at least, that none of us saw coming that are going to be super dramatic. We're going to talk about a ton, and then you know we go into summer league. So I'm trying to take a break in here somewhere. We'll figure it out. But uh, thanks, as always. Thanks for all the draft. I guess I can't not going to say goodbye here on the NBA season because it's not really over. But anyway, subscribe, rate, review, and we'll talk to you Sunday. And I, Bill, will be back at it, probably with some free agency stuff. Yeah.